Welcome to Kilgallen's Pub. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. On this podcast, you'll hear all the shite you talk at a bar, but on a podcast. This is episode two. Hope you enjoyed episode one. And there's also an introductory podcast that explains exactly what I'm trying to do with this podcast. Uh, I keep saying podcast, and it's not weird to me, but I'm going to roll with it. You know what I mean? Um, you could follow me on Twitter. That's at Joe Kilgallen. Give me a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash Joe Kilgallen Comedy. Look, it's my name on everything. I got a website, Instagram, Snapchat. I, uh, I'm even on that new one. I forget the name of it, Vero or whatever the fuck it is. So yeah, check it all out there. Uh, if you could re- review the podcast, that does go a long way. If you like it, throw that five stars. If you don't like it, shut your damn trap. How about that? Um, again, this is a podcast where the guests have some drinks with me. I've got a, two more amazing comedians on for you, like I did last week, like I did with the last episode. And uh, again, like I said before, it's not always going to be comedians. It's going to be a lot of different movers and shakers from all walks of life because I feel like the best thing you could do in life is drink with people who are nothing like you. And uh, that's when you learn the most and you, and you get into some deep stuff and you have some really cool conversations. So I'm going to have people from all over the place joining me on this podcast. But I've got two awesome comedians in store for you today. Uh, my first, the first one I'm mentioning, he's been on everything. Comedy Central, MTV, Seth Meyers, uh, Stephen Colbert, I'm pretty sure. HBO Canada. He's on every comedy festival. One of the most talented dudes I've ever met in my life. Mateo Lane is um, one of my guests today. Uh, hilarious dude. He's feeling a little bit under the weather as he mentions in the podcast, so I won't give away too much there. Uh, my other guest, this is pretty much the opposites here, um, but that's it's again, it's a fun thing about drinking with people from different walks of life. Like I said before, I've got Xavier Lamont, known as XL, and never has there been more fitting nickname or better initials for someone than his, XL. The man is six foot seven, 350 pounds. I'm not going to give away too much on that because we do, we do talk about that as that goes along. He's a, a big, uh, gentle giant, though, a, a great dude, a really funny comedian. Uh, who's going to be coming out with an album soon, so look out for that. Follow both these guys on social media. I, I mentioned it throughout the podcast where their handles are and how you can look them up. So again, thanks for checking out episode two. Crack open a couple cold ones, pull up a stool. This is Kill Gallons Pub. Right, welcome to Kill Gallons Pub. I've got two amazing people here for you. Uh, we're going to get into some shit, though, right now. Mateo, I have to apologize. This is Mateo Lane, Xavier Lamont. You're allergic to cats. And yeah, here I, I also just suffered a very severe allergic reaction to octopus. And could I'm you get into that a little bit? Of... I don't want to put you on the spot, but could you get into that? Because I've never heard of that in my life. You're you allergic to shellfish allergy? I have, but the way you... So, Mateo and I have known each other for a while now. I want to say since, like, six 2012. Yes, yeah, so six years or so. And I haven't seen you in a while. Super happy to see you. You're in town. You're headlining the Lincoln Lodge. Both shows are sold out. This that is going to come cool. out. This that gonna, feels good. That's got to feel good that they're both sold out. You know what? And it should helps be. Helps now, not to cut you off. No. But like Instagram. This is a bar. We cut is, each other off. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the peanuts? Yeah. Um, Instagram, because you can. So okay, I have like I think seventy five thousand followers, right? And then you get your analytics, so you can check the analytics to see what cities most people follow you in. Wow. So the third is Chicago. So three percent of my following comes from Chicago. So then whatever 3% times, or 75,000 times 0.3%, so I think it's around like 2,000 people. So it means I have 2,000 people in Chicago who follow me. So I have to sell two shows, 115 each, right? And so I thought, okay, I'll just make on my Instagram story and tweet that I'm coming to Chicago, and it works. Instagram stories, I think, and even Snapchat are fantastic for promoting things. 
because the number of times I'm just sitting on the toilet, like, all right, I'm, I go through everyone's. Even oh, people I'm not even yeah. like, I'm going you, through their Instagram story. You go through stories just, more. What's yeah. going on? It's, it's, it gets, it's the meat and the potatoes of what the information needs to be out there, you know? It's a cool, I mean, I, I sound so pathetic being like, I have this many followers. But like no, when you make that. a video and 17,000 people watch it, it's helpful to be like, hi, I'm performing here. I'd love you to come. What are your first two cities since Chicago's number three? Number one's New York and number Makes two sense. is Los Angeles. And then Chicago, then Mexico City, and then London. Okay. Wow. I you know, don't know. Weird. It's My weird. My previous podcast... Uh, I had a lot of listeners in Australia, which I can never figure out why, because I talked mostly American sports. Right. I rarely talked any international stuff. And then I found out later that one of my guests had a big Australian following, and some of them came over. Go away, Ken. Okay. Go. That's the oh, thing. Yeah. Um, hey, Jonah. See, this is like a bar. Jonah's our bartender. Jonah, who's on the first episode, for those of you well, who remember. I'm, this is his place, but Taylor's allergic to cats. My dad's allergic to cats, so I feel bad for you right now. I'm also and then you also, I'm full of hives. So, yeah, that's another thing. I run it. So, we were talking on the way up the stairs, because he's on the second floor here. And you're right away telling me I got this oct- I got octopus poisoning in I'll Spain. I'll show you the picture. I was in Spain. My boyfriend lives in Spain. He lives in Madrid. And um, I went there to visit him for a week. And I had never had octopus before. And, of course, like a piece of shit, I'm like, oh, I love it. Let's have it. And <laughs> that's what I get for lying and trying to be new. So this was all over my body. Shit, man. All over my body. I look like – and this is not even the worst. When your dermatologist looks at you and goes, whoa. I mean, oh, that's, that's bad. That's bad. It's bad. So – don't worry, it's still picking up. I just love how also you were talking about. My phone. So now and then he's talking about how he's allergic to cats, and then you said, "I'm such a Mariah right now," which I love about well, I'm walking you. Walking like the window needs to be open. Where's some water? You know, you're very tea. self-aware. I have to guys. leave at four thirty. I have to. I have to leave at this time. I have to be here at this. I'm allergic to everything like well, that. I gotta go to dinner with my friend Chuck. And you're his dad. that friend who was like, "Hey, you gotta come out for one drink," and you're like, "Fine, I'll meet you there for one." But you're really like, guys, I have so many things to do right now. We're gonna have yeah. one drink, one shot. Tell me about your family. How's your wife? How's your kid? All right, cool. I gotta go. I, I, I like. I like that though because it's I, it's on brand in a way. I'm a personality. I'm I'm a type. I have I have a list of things. I'm better with a schedule. Is there only an A type or B type? Is there a C type? Is there a D? C, C type would be like Terry Schiavo. Um, <laughs> but I think Jonah. So you basically ha- dead. Jonas, Hold on, real quick. Jonah, get rid of this. Jonah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna Jonah's just... the bartender. The Jonah! cat keeps coming back. And by the way, that cat is 17 years old. So that we can't cat's kick it. 17 years old? We can't old? kick it. It'll die. That cat's ready to go to college. It, yeah, it sucks that you don't like cats because that's a cool-ass fucking no, cat, though, I man. No, I don't like cats. I know. I'm, I'm, my dad's allergic. I've got family members who are allergic, and it's a bummer. Um, I have to say, I've, I don't love them, but I think that's a, that's a cool cat. Working nightlife, I've really stopped liking go. The only time I go to bars, it's like I'll, I'll go to gay bars, right? The only time I go is if really? I'm going. I'm kidding, man. <laughs> oh, if you couldn't tell listening. Um, I only go if, like, a friend, like, I'm friends with a lot of drag queens. So, like, if a friend is performing, I'll go watch my friend. And then the second the show's over, I'm out. Like, I really have a tough time going to bars. Now, now. what's that like being friends with a drag queen? Is it just like being friends with anyone else? They're just, that's their specific thing? It's, drag queens and comics are almost the exact same. Pretty person. much, right? And, and I'm not Narcissistic? Making, I'm not, no, I'm not making, oh, yeah. Well, that but, part, you but, know what I'm saying? Like, so, first of all, Bob the Drag Queen's my best friend. And he, you guys have no idea who that is. I've right? heard that name because it's no, so I, I swear is, is I've he, heard the name. Like a, is he a black dude that's like six four, yes. six five, something yes. like that? No, I really yes, have I heard do that know name. Who he is, yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah. And you, so by the way, you funny. got me on that one other time before. You're like, you don't know what I'm talking about, right? I remember we were hanging out. 
And when I first met you, and you you brought Maria Callas, and you're like, yes. you don't know who that is. I'm like, opera singer, right? Yes. And you're like, oh, you do. I'm like, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't know one of her songs, but I know who she is. I'm more well-rounded than people believe. You are, which is why I wanted you two on the podcast. Not because I'm like, oh, I gotta have why, a giant he's black, black man. And I'm gay. And you and think get, we're not gonna get along? No, I didn't want. Yeah, because that's he the did stereotype. physically strike me when I walked in. Physically, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I'm, joking, I'm kidding. I thought you meant like he was physically striking. Like, ooh, no, that's a he striking like hit me. Gentleman, right no, there. No, no. How big are you? Man, XL? I'm huge, dude. No, say it for the <laughs> listeners. They can't. Six foot seven, uh, about three fifty. Stand six up. Seven, I mean, six foot seven. This is so. I mean, you could beat the shit. Out. You would. I listen. <laughs> I'm Italian and Mexican. I'm a tiny little European man. Do the Mario who, voice. Woohoo! I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, it. just if you flicked me, that's you're like that a is superhero. that is literally the uh, entire basis of my dating life. That's that's uh, every person, every woman who wants to sleep with me. That's that's the appeal. Because you're so big. Yeah. Yeah, like, that like makes they, sense. They, they either have somebody that they want me to beat up, or, <laughs> or, or well, now, uh, now you're just like in the mafia. You are the perfect show off piece for a woman yeah, or any you break man. Up, you break, or up, you break up with your boyfriend. He's an asshole, and you go, you go, you start dating me, and that guy comes around. You're like, oh yeah, meet Xavier. <laughs> but you know, I can tell that you're like. I've had that happen like five. But times. But you're sweet. Like you don't not to like emasculate you wildly, but I'm no, saying, he's a like, gentle giant. I, yeah, no, you, I, I'm a, I, yeah, I ride with that man. I'm a gentle giant. Yeah, That's, you, you, I have you to be because very nice. Yeah, I have to be because if if I Mister T the fuck out, right? Like <laughs> I would, I'd be alone all the time. Right. There are grown men who are afraid of. Like, I used to have a business partner, uh, and we would have disagreements, and he was a smaller dude. And he'd like get really high, like just yelling and screaming. It's like a chihuahua and, and a great yell, Dane. Yeah. And I'd yell back. <laughs> he literally, one time, he just stops. He goes, Hey, man, okay, I'm, I'm going to stop yelling, but I really need you to stop yelling because when you yell, it literally frightens me. It like, frightens me. I feel like you're going to do the something. The pictures on the walls fall down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. So. I bet you got that cool ass bass Barry uh, <laughs> white voice, right? Can you do a little Barry White? Like, what's uh, up, girl? No, you no. don't sound like a bass. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I, well, I, Mateo, sing, you're, I couldn't hold I'm, a ba- I'm actually the lowest singer my voice teacher ever had. I was so happy that you were in town, and because you have got to be, I think I'm not saying this to kiss your ass at all. You're gonna call me a faggot? No, I'm not, <laughs> why would I say that to kiss your ass? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna say the word that I can't say. Uh, Please. Well, if we're hanging out, we, we, sure, I could sure. probably say because we got that type of friendship, but I wouldn't. <laughs> um, you have got to be, I think, the most talented overall comic I've ever come across because you're an amazing artist. Thanks. I've used you to do artwork before. Thanks. Literally used you up, just threw you away. Um, <laughs> you could you could sing like no one I've ever seen. To this day, I, I've been to concerts. You know, everyone has. I don't know why I said it like I've never been to a concert, but I <laughs> saw you. There, there's concert. a Comedy Central show called The Goddamn Comedy Jam. Josh Adam Myers, great dude who runs it. You know, I, I went to it before. Yeah, I saw you there before it became a TV show. And when I went to the live TV taping, you did Whitney Houston. And you never, I remember, I've seen you sing before, so I know how incredible it is. But I remember specifically when you were on stage, I wasn't watching you. I wanted to watch everyone's reactions. And it's fun to watch people from all different walks of life. Guys who you're like, oh, that guy looks like one of those dudes. You'd be like, no homo, and he's a fucking kind of a douchey guy who's like, you know, that type of dude. And to see that guy be like, holy shit, and be like, <laughs> oh, my God, and start like cheering at the end. Because the guy could hit every note. And you're funny as fuck, Thanks. and you're you're a good person. So I'm, I didn't bring you on to kiss your ass. I'll no, start. I'll start. I'll start ripping it. on you later. Please, just to bring you back down. I had because a, an emotional a friend, 48 I can't... hours. I need someone to tell me I'm good. <laughs> well, I'm glad to help you. I mean, you, Thank you're you. allergic to octopus. When you said octopus, I'm like, because you said you were in. Sp- That's the craziest sentence I've ever heard. Oh, dude, I got hives 
for, I've got octopus poison, octopus poisoning. I was just in Spain. How many times it's have you called, heard that sentence? It's called, I'm such a fact. It's called histamine <laughs> toxicity, toxicity, or and it's basically my body responded to it like um like food poisoning, but instead of like throwing up and diarrhea, my whole body released histamine because it was allergic to the octopus. So, you know, I had it, my boyfriend and I had it, and then I felt like really tired after I ate it. It was like, I couldn't stay awake. And I was like, okay. So then we went to sleep, woke up, I felt a little sick and I was like, whatever. And so, um, I, I, he's like, here, eat a banana. And I was like, okay. And then we started watching RuPaul's Drag Race, which I want to get into because that is gay men's football. Um, <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, just hives all over my hands. And I thought, well, that's really, like, what did I touch? And then, then my stomach and then my neck and then my ears and then I'm like, <gasps> and then now I'm in Spain trying to look hot for this guy. And of course, it's like, hives everywhere so then we had a we went to i got like the equivalent of benadryl but their medicine's not strong enough and then i my spanish is good but i speak fluent italian so like i'm speaking half italian half spanish what a mess and then we went to <laughs> um we had a good we had to go to a clinic and i had to, this is amazing about spain though right i walk into a clinic give no id sit down five minutes later meet a doctor she gives me steroid shots i leave 30 euros wow oh, shit that's it and what's 30 euros in American? Like 35 like 40, bucks, 40 bucks? $37, maybe. For steroids. For steroids. Do you but feel jacked now? They, they, that quickly. Well, yeah. they didn't give it's me insane. the. Okay, so I called my American doctor because they came back. And so I was like, why are they back? Why are they back? And she goes, typically, you know, when you have a reaction that strong, you're supposed to get a shot and then you're supposed to be put on oral steroids. And then they, t this is so uninteresting, but they take it no, down it. and they didn't do that. So the hives all came back. So then it was so horrible when I came back home to New York, I literally got off the planet JFK, went straight to my doctor and he was like, whoa. And he put me, he gave me another shot and he immediately put me on prednisone and it was like 60 milligrams. And I went to my derm the next day cause it kept getting worse. And he was like, yeah, this is like really bad. So I'm fine. I'm like now. It's like I'm just like a little like bruised. You don't. It doesn't look bad. It looks, yeah, it, it, you if look, you hadn't pointed it out, I would notice. No, it. but uh, I used, you look I mean, like you scraped your elbows. Really? Yeah. That's it. I was I was blowing someone. But um, <laughs> but hey, come on. Who blows I people blew, on their elbows? Oh, I mean, yeah. Well, I I, I get well, freaky. You got your elbow. <laughs> well, I guess if you're laying on the bed, can you imagine? I'm you upset. Know? Yeah. I guess if you're on your knees, but I think going down on a woman, you have more chance of hurting your elbows. Because mm. the angles, man. You're going like this. You got to lower yourself a little bit. Oh, uh, dude, I, you know, I have a whole bit about this. You guys could check out my first album. I only have one <laughs> album. I don't know what I'm saying my first. Like, I got another one. I don't one. have an album yet. You should have an album. Totally, man. I don't feel right. I feel in the next couple of years. I want it to just be right. But I've never had the inkling. Well, that's fair. You you like, rose quickly. So, like, when I did my album, I was seven, eight years in. Yeah. When it I'm came out, it came out three years six ago. Six and a half. Six and three months. Six years and three months. So, in. another year or so, you, which is what you I said might, anyway. Another I year, you'll probably there, want yeah. to do it. And I have well over an hour. I, I I believe that, but it's. You well, you know. know what it is. Here's when you know you want. Here's when I knew I wanted to do an album. And, and XL, you don't have an album either, right? I'm actually. Uh, that's what I'm here to talk about, man. I'm going to do one. You're going to record coming one? up right now. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude! All right, great. Well, Literally right now. So maybe you <laughs> yeah, went right as soon as we leave here. No, just kidding. Well, we'll get you better audio. So <laughs> maybe you felt the same way when I knew I wanted to do one. It was I had I was sick of the material I was doing, but I didn't want it to just let it. Right. fade away in the ether i'm like this stuff's good so let's let's get it out well, there you know it's, i don't want it to disappear i so I, I did two late night spots right so that's eight minutes you've together. done colbert and divine or what was the well, other i one? did divine colbert and seth meyers seth meyers right and then i just did netflix i did the 15 you did the 15 congratulations yeah, that's awesome thanks. man um so then it's like okay so that's kind of like 25 minutes gone but that's still 25 minutes i can expand on in an album yeah so now it's like i'm 
it's so you're like your brain is like I'm looking at all my jokes like well these are the next fifteen that I have to build up and it, like it's so weird how your brain like makes more space for more jokes like it, there's something cathartic about like okay I'm done talking about Ohio <laughs> like my <laughs> jokes about Ohio and all that and then it, it frees your brain to talk about the newer stuff yeah so yeah. I'm getting on stage now and it's like three it's weeks like ago I was classes, doing my you know? fifteen for Netflix and warming that up and then like I had four shows the other night. And all, even at the cellar, I was doing all my stuff I'm trying to bring out, like the stuff I'm trying to work through. It yeah. feels good. It feels so refreshing. I, it's got to, right? Jokes. It's liberating. So yeah. let me ask you this. I, we're kind of bouncing around a little bit. I was going to say about the oral sex thing, though. I want to get to that. I'll, I'll save that for I, a second. I, I'm bored with sex. <laughs> no, uh, I want to talk, talk. Well, about. I was just talking about the elbows and stuff like that. You sure. know what I mean? Uh, and you don't know what it's like to go down on a woman. So. No. And I, uh, yeah. and I don't know what it's like to go to go down on a man, but imagine. I have a dick so I can yeah, figure yeah. out. That's, that was part of the joke. Imagine. Part of the joke was I've never sucked a dick before, but I bet I'd be at least a C plus out the gate. I'd be all right. I'd be above average my first time because yeah, I, know, you know. Yeah. I know how to work that. Well, thing, you know? there's some technique that you have to look out for. I mean, mostly on your first time sucking a dick, if you avoid teeth, you're winning. Yeah. I just do <laughs> <hear> that. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll be fine. True, true there. So the Netflix 15 though, mm-hmm. uh, when that first was announced, a lot of comedians were like, 15 is such a weird-ass time it's slot. perfect time. But now I agree with you. I agree with what it's you just perfect. said there. Because at first, I thought to myself it was stupid. And then through conversation, I realized it is kind of cool in the sense that, like what you're talking about, you do 15. Everyone has shorter attention spans nowadays. Right. right? It's a perfect preview of your comedy. And yeah, then that's, people that's go, I want to see more like of this guy. It. Right. You know? and it's, yeah. it's a little more than five minutes, right? It's because five minutes is late night set. Late night sets are no, so late nights, like, I think most of them suck. No offense. I, I like thanks. yours. No, because you have a, <laughs> I don't think, I didn't think yours suck because you have one of those openers that is unexpected. <laughs> singing. No, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you sing and it's this, holy, sh- this dude's well, hitting. There's this, a you're an incredible singer. So thanks. it throws people off. And then you hit the, do you care if I burn the joke? I just sing Omeo Babino Cato in falsetto. And then I say that's how it came out to my dad. But Yeah, because that's a funny way of coming out. Like, <laughs> oh, no okay. shit you're gay. Yeah, you know what um, I mean? But the 15 is good because, one, there's no limitations. So that's, that's the other thing you're dealing with. It's like you're doing 15 minutes with no one telling you no. So with late night sets, you spend months going back and forth and the booker and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And you're, so you're sort of working your set in to please a producer, which kind of sucks. Yeah. And then this is like, no, just 15 minutes, do it. And so your own time, your own pacing. Although I sat with them and told the director, because you have meetings with the director, and I said, do not edit out my timing. When I'm pausing, that's a purposeful pause. It's as important as the words. Do not erase that. And he yes. was like, oh, I mean, I was so. Well, that is. That's yeah. pretty... It's true. But, but when I did Adam Devine's house party, they just cut everything and it was like okay i get that you're like trying to save on time but also like you're ruining the hard work that i'm putting in yeah which means you're telling me that you're not you don't care about the comedian well that's what i mean by a lot of the late night sets not being that great i've got good friends who i'm like that comic is so much better than what they just what the, it's the hard country to translate just on saw. TV it is and they always kind of force you to do that introductory where i'm this and i'm that type of bit and which a lot of the comics don't even do that often. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm half this, half that, or I blah, blah, blah. I'll preface it by saying... And then they got to be safe, so which make, I get. Uh, I thought Megan Gailey's set was awesome. I was there live. I, I, was in the, I, I, thought, I thought she did a great I job, too. I thought she did a great set, but I, I had that feeling immediately afterwards. Like, that was a great set, but, man, she's she's like... She's so much more talented than that. They They... Definitely, like, kind of pull back on. Well, like, yeah, she's undoubtedly do. one of the funniest. People she's, yeah, she's amazing. Met. Yeah, she's I, my favorite joke. My favorite joke, which is, you were standing in line, and there was this woman who was like, "I don't have to wait here. I used to be in beauty pageants." Oh, right, yeah, <laughs> she goes, "Well, well, we didn't realize you had a fat mom." I mean, yeah, the, <laughs> no, that's a great the, joke. The so, greatest joke. That's an MG tag, classic. Tag on that. I remember seeing Megan. There used to be this place called uh, Comedy on the Tap out in the suburbs, and. Uh, 
she had this bit about uh, fat chicks doing yoga or something. <laughs> and uh, there was this woman in the front row who's very big. Mm-hmm. And her husband said something to Megan at the top of the set. And they kind of had like this flirty thing going back and forth. And we all are in the back of the room like, there's no way she does the yoga. She can't do the yoga. Oh, that with that Megan, right there. are you and yeah. she, kidding me? And she rolled right through it, like, uh, like press, accelerate. Yeah. the ball. On, and we That's stood why in the back it. of the room, and like we were like, okay, bow. Bye, everybody. We're witnessing, we're witnessing royalty here. Like, yeah, this that's is, the thing, too. Is like, it was women amazing. comics are just, they're just so fucking, like, they're ruthless, so, they're right? Badass. I know, they are. They're, they're great in that sense. Well, the thing is, I wish Megan was here because Megan and I have, like, I texted with her all the time. And for those of you who don't know, Megan Gailey's a great comedian. I'll, she'll be on this podcast eventually. I'll look up her stuff. Uh, she stood up at my wedding. Her and I are great friends. All this complimenting her. I had this instinctual thing where it's like, I got to trash her now. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> that was our friendship dynamic. We were, she lived with me in LA for almost nine months. And, you know, I yeah. saw her at some down times where, I, as sister, a good man. friend, I, yeah, she is a sister. Yeah. I would, is my sister. I don't know, is a sister. She's not black. But, uh, you know what I mean? So I'd, I'd lift her up when she was down. But then when she was too high, that's I'm like, all right, I got to yeah. take this girl chop down, down and I got to chop her down that's, a little that's bit. What Kick is. out that's the legs. Does, but no, man. she is fantastic. Can I share a great Chicago story real quick before I forget? No, go right ahead. I got off the plane yesterday. My aunt Cindy picked me up. We drove immediately to Portillo's. Mm. And I go and I'm waiting in line at Portillo's and someone taps me on my shoulder. So I, of course, I'm so narcissistic. I'm like, I'm being recognized. <laughs> and I turn around. The guy goes, were you just on the plane from New York? And I said, yeah. He goes, same. He goes, we both got off the plane and immediately <laughs> really drove to, to Portillo's. Portillo's. Nice. <laughs> I thought, yeah, that's fucking awesome. That's yeah. It Chicago. felt so Chicago. good to I'm eat a Vienna right beef now, man. fucking hot dog. It was so good. What are the hot dogs in New York? I, they're I so gross. Knows. I'm not a big fan. Papaya King was okay. I thought Nathan's was awful. It's not, not good. awful, but it's it wasn't. Just, it so just wasn't be, anything. You, you know? don't go from Vienna beef to anything else. I would agree with you. So there. you just, it, to me, it's like, and they say this. New York does have great food. I'm not being one of those guys. It's New York, like, Fuck I mean, New York. They have yeah. great overall, food. New York has better food than Chicago. Really? There is, I, you know what? No, you live there, so no I would question. take his okay. thing with it. I okay. still think New Orleans I, I, has the best food in the country. Well, I'm New, New Orleans, Orleans is, but New Orleans is also it's very a very seafood. specific yeah. Yeah. type of food. New York's I, got bigger range than anything else. Bigger range, and the I think know, Chicago specifics are probably still amazing. Chicago specifics are yes. better. I, what I mean by that is like, okay, of course, I'm you could get Italian. anything in New York too. You know, in, at any hour, anything, <laughs> anything at any hour. It's like the street, you want the, Ecuadorian the food at two a.m. Boom, anything. And the thing too is like the Italian food in New York is second best to Italy. Like I don't know if I really have many places in Chicago. I'm like, oh, this is like authentic Italian. Like New York is like, it's just the the. I remember you brought I'll, me I'll and Danny. Here, Kels. I'll take you, I'll take you to one. It, it, I'll take you to one. There's a couple spots in Chicago know, yeah. that are. That are well, I know you're Italian, but I'm but talking about this quick, little old lady in the back. Axel will noodles. know those Southside spots. You know, <laughs> little old, no, I know, I know a spot. I know, I know, I know a spot. Uh, uh, I get off Ogden. It's called Ogies. Ogies. Yeah. I mean, Chicago's great Italian food. I'm not yeah. trashing Chicago's Italian food. But what was weird about New York was um, when we went to that one Italian restaurant we took us to, which was awesome. Uh, I can't remember the name of it now. Probably Portobello, right by my old house. I think so, yeah, by your I old just place. Ate it, the other day. In the vi- uh, yeah. it was the village, right? Was mm-hmm. that Grenadville? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people who were cooking the food were Italian, which is very rare yeah. for an Italian restaurant. They're normally Mexican, <laughs> and you're half that, so you're probably good. I know, I feel comfortable. That, you know? These yeah, Italian-Mexican like, yeah, places, I'm like, well, someone's serving fine. me, my people are cooking it. There's an <laughs> Irish pub right by my house called Vaughn's. There's two of them. There's one in Lakeview, and there's one out, out by me um, in Jefferson Park. 
I remember we were we got guacamole because it was on special. We got chips and guac, and I remember thinking, why are we getting chips and guac in the, in the Irish place? <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah, because the guy's Mexican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So of course, of course, like what the fuck? Like the uh, Mexican food in Spain sucked. Did it? Spain is Too like far of an ocean. You know, it's like to me, Spain is is because I go to Italy all the time. Spain's the Olive Garden of Mexican food. Wait, no. <laughs> do, you think, do you think Spain resents Mex- like how much everybody loves Mexican food? Because no, it, it, I think I mean <laughs> Spanish. They have their own like cuisine. The yeah. Spanish don't really. I mean, you know, they're just sort of like Whatever. they don't think of Latin America the same way. I yeah. think people, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 it's that, almost that's like what I mean. Britain and America. We both yeah. speak English, but we're totally different cultures. Mm-hmm. I got you. Yeah. They both speak Spanish, friendship. but they're different. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like to me, Spain was like it was like Italy. If Italy knew how to drive, park, <laughs> was calm, no one was screaming, no singing, no ancient architecture. Like it was just like there's just so much like richness to Italy. Like when you go to Italy and they're like, people are insane. They're insane. And then you go to Spain. They do and seem like so happy calm to be Italian. And beautiful. I love it. Yeah. It's my favorite. I've never met an Italian who was just like, yeah, I'm Italian. Yeah, because you know it's I mean? like, it's go, so, we're mm. so like like brain. I've met people who kids. are like, I'm 25% Norwegian, 25% Dutch, 50% of that. Like, and they go insane. Like, it's no, it's a fun ethnicity. My high school had like an Irish Italian thing where some of my, it was funny because a lot of kids were half Irish, half Italian. That's very common. And whatever one you look more like, there were some that had the Italian last name and they were like, oh, your dad's Italian. You look a little bit more like your dad. So they own the Italian side, but they were just as Irish. And then there were ones who were 50 50 50 again. But they look more Irish, so then they would own the Irish because whatever they could fucking get away with more. See, it, I think it depends Patrick, on your mother. You know? If you have an Italian mother, then you are Italian. If you have an Italian oh, it's like father, ju- like Judaism. You're, I don't know my buddy Dominic <laughs> Angelo. His mother was like Polish and Irish, I think, or Polish and something. But he totally embraced the Italian. So yeah. I was a cop, so I kind of figured oh, yeah, a Chicago yeah. cop, Italian well, mustache. My mom, like we, you know, we speak <laughs> it, like we cook, we, like, you know what I mean. Like I yeah. took all the like this sort of motherly. You got a strong Italian. mustache. Yeah, good I've had it since I was like mustache. 13. Yeah, of course. You're Italian <laughs> and Mexican. For, Jesus know, Christ, man. So, you know what so I used to long. say? Because we, we, you know, we, we all talk shit. I was Irish-Italian guy. Uh, Italian versus Irish. I said it like I'm Irish-Italian. I'm just one boring thing. Not boring. It's great. I <laughs> no, love Irish, Irish is great. It's fun, man. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but when we would talk shit to each other, it, would always, like, it was like roasting, you know? Mm. And I remember I would say this to my Italian buddy Vince all the time. I'm like, dude, I get it. You're all bent out of shape because you got to shave your mother's back twice a week. Mm-hmm. I understand. <laughs> it's a rough go, but you know. And you being half Italian and Mexican, you mustache at thirteen was surprising. I would have thought you said nine. <laughs> yeah. Because well, my, yeah, my aunt, my aunt Cindy, um, she's like she's she's Italian Mexican, but she looks like my mom looks just Italian. She looks like a like a light skin. I saw the green, painting green of her. Eyes. You have a painting of her in your. I don't know if you still yeah, have that in your apartment. I have all these paintings, yeah. yeah my aunt Cindy artist. looks like a short little Mexican woman. We I'll take pictures of old Mexicans in New York and send it to her and be like, you didn't tell me you're in town. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's a good fucking ball busting move. Yeah, my family is very like everyone's all ball busting. Yeah, that's probably where you, that's that's where you got it from. That's of why, course, that's why you're funny. I so, grew up in the same block as my first like 22 cousins. You grew and up in Arlington Heights, s- mm-hmm. which is also where Sebastian Maniscalco grew up. Yes, that I know. guy is on fire right I now. I fucking yeah. love him. I just watched nice his comedians dude. and coffees with cars or whatever with Jerry yeah, yeah. Seinfeld, and he Jerry was. Crying, he was laughing so hard with it. My aunt Cindy is obsessed with Sebastian Maniscalco. I made the mistake of showing it to her because, like, oh, she'll love it because he's Italian. Talking about being Italian stuff. Okay, they've been to all his shows. They've watched all his obsessed TV. Him, right? Obsessed with him. But Italian fathers and Irish fathers have a similar thing where they both don't want to be bothered. I watched his last special or whatever the latest one is on Netflix, and he and he filmed it at the Chicago Theater. And he opened up telling, like, oh, I was telling all my family and friends, I'm recording this at Chicago Theater. And they're like, Chicago Theater, that's amazing. What an iconic place. So congratulations, congratulations. He goes, I tell my old man, he goes, Chicago Theater, huh? 
where are all those people going to park? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's hilarious because <laughs> that's how my dad is. My dad famously, throughout everyone who knows him, family included, he's got like a three times around. If he goes to a destination like here, say he came to where we record the podcast, if he couldn't find parking in three little circles around the building, he goes home. <laughs> It's true, he does. And I'll because after this. years of doing it, he you're just, like, I'm it. done with this. <laughs> yes. You, you win, universe. My cousin's wedding, my oldest cousin, Brian, he was the you know, first of the grandchildren to get married. This was in 2005. My brother, Sean, would have been seven or eight years old. And he was the ring bearer. And this was the rehearsal dinner. He had to be there to get gifts because it was just part of whatever. All of a sudden, this seven-year-old walks into this big, <laughs> huge restaurant I can't, I think, were we downtown or, no, we might be like in Evanston. And rocks in this big restaurant and we go, hey, where's dad? Because he's a seven-year-old by himself. You're kind of like, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, oh, he couldn't find parking. So he said to go inside and he's going home. And he goes, <laughs> I could ride back with you guys, right? And he's like seven and he already had the wherewithal to be like, I don't have a ride now. <laughs> Who could I jump in with? My uncle Mike, who's Irish, is obsessed with parking, obsessed with Buicks. He loves Buicks, especially from dead people. I got stuck he's, in a I Buick just once. is obsessed with Buicks. My dad's mom died and I came over, right? We live next door, so I went to my aunt's house. And my uncle Mike goes, I'm very sorry. He's got the South Side Irish Chicago accent. I'm very sorry to hear about the death of your grandmother. I was like, oh, that's that's fine, you know, whatever. Um, who's getting her car? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, not you. Like, you're not getting it. And then he, so at one point when like a lot of the kids were home, so there was like five cars in the driveway. Oh, he would spend so much time like Tetris with the cars and this and that. And then he's standing there, he's proud of it. And he's like, oh, these cars, I parked those cars. I'm like, we get it. And then he got a new driveway and was obsessed with that. And he was like, my aunt's like, oh, he's having sex with his new girlfriend outside. I literally came home. My aunt's, we do Sunday dinner. So I'm like walking to my aunt's house. My uncle Mike, dusk is going. He's watering the driveway. All the cars are in the street. And then there's a fan on it. He's just standing back and watching it dry. And I'm like, he's dry. you're out of your mind. <laughs> Come on. I've you're never seen that mind. before. He no, dude, is insane. Is there a black uncle that fills the Irish Italian uncle? Because as you described that that hits a lot of what... Maybe it's a Catholic thing with Irish Italians where they share that. There's kind of this, especially like, the awkwardness at wakes. I know how Italian wakes are because I've got Italian friends who have unfortunately passed oh, away. Italian. This is the difference between Irish and Italians. This is where more I think black and Italians. Are uh, like. That's where I, th- that's where I was going to go with this. Yeah. At Irish people, it's held in. Yes. You hold in. You hold in. You hold in. <laughs> Italians, it's all about the show. Yeah. Yes. It's the let drama. It, somebody got to let it go. Yes. Somebody got to let it go. I Big Mama, go let it. Lie. <laughs> my my when my mom's because my mom like when she was a kid that was way more Italian like off the boat you know yeah and um, she said that she was at a funeral um, and her aunt Z or Zia which is not not playing dialect she saw her husband in the casket screamed threw herself on the casket yeah they had yeah. to pull her off and then she went blind from hysteria and couldn't see yeah it, like, black funeral same thing it's some james brown shit like you pull them <laughs> off the casket and then they like walk away and then they run back yes. another time it's and you gotta show. pull them it's, it's, it's all like you i mean it's it, and it's a weird thing because like in moments like that you kind of have to distract yourself from just sitting there being miserable right and i'm not kidding i've had conversations with siblings or cousins and stuff like who you think gonna go first right right <laughs> Think it's gonna be on Rita? Nah, nah, I got my money on Angie. You <laughs> Whoopi, know, uh, Whoopi always says to Joy Behar in the view, she's like, you know, Italy and Africa just a boat ride away. And I was like, it is true. There's a well, lot Sicily, of like, oh, yeah. there actually is. There, Sicily was are conquered some, by the Moors. So really African, crazy yeah. uh, cultural things that there obviously was tons of exchange yeah. going on for for centuries. Like, yeah. like uh, there, like you can find uh, old artwork that predates what we thought. You know, uh, ex- exchanges and, and, and wars and stuff coming in predates that. That is identical to uh, North 
East no, Africa. No, most Sicilians. I mean, there's still there's a lot of Arab influence in Sicily, so people yeah. look like Arab. They look Middle Eastern, and then there's light skinned Sicilians like my my cousins who have blue eyes, blonde hair. My grandpa did the twenty three and Me thing. This is my I'm Italian and Mexican. And my dad's Irish, but my mom's real dad is Mexican. Anyways, he was whole other history so she was adopted by a sicilian so my mom's italian mexican the irish too with the lane i know yeah so um my grandpa who's 100 percent sicilian i think is 23 percent syrian i think eight percent african yeah so and you can see in people's faces like they're very mixed in Sicily. no i've seen i've seen italian people where i'm like you look middle like egyptian or middle eastern you definitely my see that Paula, and there's the does, love for gold looks- chains on all sides. On all sides. African, Italian, Middle Eastern. Italians are flashy. Love the gold and silver. Do you remember Colin Quinn's joke about Italians? No. Did you see a special where he talks about Where he talks about the New York? That's great. It's so good. Yeah. It's very funny. He does this joke. He goes, I, you know, first he goes through each ethnicity, right? So he's already gotten to Jews. He's already gotten to Irish people. And he goes, the difference with Irish and Jews is everything's done within the home. Like, if you fight, it's within the home. It's behind closed doors, blah, blah. He's like, then the Italians came in. He's like, and me and my friend Tommy are playing. His dad opens up the window and says, Tommy, it's time for dinner. And he goes, no. And he goes, all right, slams the window. And it's like, well, we know what's going on. But does Tommy know what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Then the dad comes out in front of everyone, screaming and yelling. They're fighting each other. They're running down. He gets him. He slaps him. And then he starts crying. Look what you made me do. <laughs> and then they kiss. They make up and go have the best dinner they've ever had in their entire <laughs> lives. And I thought, yeah, that's true. Like, you just, you feel like it's, yeah, there's like this sort of, this one, one of my friends from Italy said to me, he goes, Italians are actors who are not necessarily on a stage. They're just actors in life. So when you're there, everyone's just like, you'll see it. You'll see people just like kissing in the street, fighting in the street. And stuff. Yeah, I see that. I think yeah. Irish people are like angry songwriters. Just 100%. Angry politics, I'm a lot deeper than you think, and fuck you for questioning that. You know what I mean? Just always got that anger to them. It's crazy. The black community has like, we have kind of a weird, wide range, man, because I'll give you an example. Like when I was in high school, uh, I just used to get in trouble with stupid shit, like just being late to class, goofing mm-hmm. off, stuff like that. Uh, but I was a star athlete, so like they'd always brush it under the table. And when I stopped playing because I, I got a scholarship, I couldn't play anymore. If I got hurt, they'd pull it. Just give me a little quick, quick little background. I, know I don't want to cut off your story, but uh-huh. just give you a little background of your athletic. Uh, uh, I played uh, professional basketball in Sweden. Uh, I played college work. basketball. That's played, awesome. I, uh, <laughs> no, he's modest. No, he's I, fucking uh, modest. He does that shit. Like, that's yeah. amazing. I know because I, I tell everybody like I didn't even finish the season. I got cut. Yeah, but still, uh, it was, it was awesome. to get to that level, How many people don't even get there. Exactly. Okay. How many uh, fucking cool. D three fucking douchebags are like, well, I played at fucking this school. I'm like, come on, man, don't I can't sell even yourself play short. Horse. <laughs> and uh, but uh, yeah, I was I was a football player that got turned into a basketball player. That you know, same. I wound up being pretty, <laughs> pretty okay at it, but. Um, but, oh shit! You like? Oh, I fucked up. I'm sorry, yeah. but you were saying about um. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. So this one dean like tries to to get me. Uh, he's he's gonna give me like in school suspension, and he has to call my mom, right? And there was a confusion on whether or not I was actually late to the class. I was defending myself, and my mom knows that if I actually did something, I, I you know I got I got the punishment coming. Fucking you know, give it to me. But if she hears me passionately, like I'm telling you, I'm innocent. <laughs> you know, she knows like if I'm going to the bat, so she just starts lighting into this dean and uh the guy's like trying he's like trying to talk her down she goes oh okay you want to talk over me fine hangs up the phone drives to the school comes into the like she has no idea who she's supposed to be looking for because she never 
thought to get the person's name. She just, you know, went ape shit on him and uh, just walks into the office where all the deans are and screams at the receptionist, where the fuck is my son? And uh, <laughs> I need to do brunch with your mother. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she, uh, it turns out, like, it, I don't get the whole story, but the, uh, a teacher had given me a pass and then forgot that he did. And, and, and I was like, but your mom was like, in the right. Yeah. Yeah. So she was totally right. But after that, I got out of, I still was a fuck up and got in trouble, but I never had to serve detention or anything because it was part of our school policy that they had to call my mom and no one wanted to call my mom. Your mother <laughs> is a saint. Your yeah. mother is a saint. So, yeah, yeah, you know. Where yeah, are you from? I was an asshole. I'm, I'm from Southside, but I grew up mostly in the suburbs. Okay, uh, which Aurora, suburb? Aurora. Oh, wow, you're far. Aurora's far. Yeah, yeah. I live in Naperville now. Uh, you live in Naperville yeah, now? He comes yeah, he does, but he's up doing stand-up every you night come of the out week. To, you come all the way out from Naperville and do stand-up? That's amazing. I, dude, come on. It's, that, it's, it's 45 you know, minute drive, right? It, uh, I can do it in 35 if there's, no, it, you know, if there's no traffic or anything like that, but at the right time. I'm from Arlington Heights, so be- before yeah. driving, before I, like, I started living in the city when I was like 21, um, 20, but um, it, to us, like a long drive was like 15 minutes. I mean, you know, it's, we're right next to O'Hare, so you're just yeah. basically going around O'Hare, and then you're in the city. So it's for, to me, I'm that ignorant person. I'm like Naperville. I was like, <laughs> I was like you might as well be in Rockford. Like, it's nah, just yeah. You know, I live, uh, I live south, and uh, I'm pretty I'm close like to that 55. Too, I'm mm-hmm. pretty close to 55 and 55. If you leave at the right 55 time, 55 could fly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's wide open. I mean, it. You know, once you get past sucks midway, shit, once you get past you know midway, sucks, right. I'm forgetting Chicago streets. You know, it's funny. You know, I was in L.A. for three and a half years. See, I came back the and there was a couple things I did slip up on. Unless you were going down to St. Louis for a road gig or never. something like that. Never. I would never. Yeah. That's the one well, thing about Stevenson. being in Chicago so that the sucks. Is like, Stevenson, yeah. The thing that sucks about Chicago is the segregation. The, yeah. The, yeah. When yeah. I'm on, like, this is going to sound so horrible. When I'm on a train in New York, there's many times I'm the only white person and I never think about it. Yeah. It's completely normal. But you'll notice if you're in the train, if you're the only black person or the only white person on the train, you feel that tension. Yeah, New York and L.A. have... I, I was talking about how Chicago is so crazy because we're so segregated and we had like 600 murders last year. Yeah. New York, which has way more people, like almost three times the population as us, had like half the murders. But even yeah. though they had three times the population, LA has another million more people and still had half the murders. Now, I almost wonder if we all lived together in harmony and things were a little more spread out. But then again, it's not like it's race war. It's not like it's white and black or whatever. It's just no. concentrated poverty creates more problems than anything else, yeah. right? Well, and, and you know, our scenes. The trains, trains were, devi- were developed so that you're keeping people. Think about how sick this is. Oh yeah, you go where you're from, go downtown, and get back and go where you're from. Yeah. In New York, it's a spider. Everything yeah. is connected to everything. Yeah. Is connected to everything. You're right. So it's like okay, and, and like, the train I, avoids good neighborhoods in Chicago. Right. You'll so see like, it. There's no L stop yeah. in Saugenash. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> so in New York, it's like oh, I don't. It's like I guess in Chicago, like if I get on the Brown Line, people are just going to assume the kind of life I live. But if I get in New York and I get on the ACE, I don't know who. Yeah. You're right, yeah. I I, and then cares? even LA is kind of similar. I had a black neighbor, and we lived in three Racist. different places. <laughs> we lived you in knew th- where he was. <laughs> in three, in, in, the, in the three and a half years black I lived guy. there, I had I had a black. I had, well, where we did had, you live? I lived in Hollywood for okay. three, two years, and then Burbank the last year and a half. I love Burbank. I yeah, Burbank, Burbank was great, man. Two, two years, two years. Yeah. But we li- literally shared a wall with in every in all three places with a black person. Where in the 29 years I lived in Chicago before I moved there, I'm 33 now. I never yeah. even close. It's you, you, the only black person you see was the mailman. The, like you know, when, when I when I first began to travel, uh, because of sports and stuff like that, and we'd go like I remember going to Minneapolis 
and going to another major city and me and my buddies going like where's the black neighborhood and people responding to us like what do you what, right like what, what are you, you talking mean? about that's <laughs> something that the general right. public if you're not in a major city you forget that i think as we grew up you know if you're new york chicago and la people think like 50 50 right yeah. no <laughs> black people are 13 percent of the country you know yeah. what i mean i've talked about that with you before where yeah. i think because you'll, you'll hear these like ultra like trying to make up for years of oppression over the top white people you know the kind where you're like all right like it happened with feminism you know mateo those dudes who are like i'm a feminist i'm a feminist and you're like i don't fucking trust you because they're just <laughs> you're just so you over the top who's leading with that you're those right? red flags go up you're like what are you who are you trying to prove like I, I i used to talk about where i'm like i support gay rights but there are some people who put like gay people on this pedestal where i'm like are you really are you like what's going on with you yeah. because if you truly if you believe in true equality you'll give your friends shit a little bit you have to give everyone yeah. you'll shit. be like everyone. yes oh, gay people are drag, great but there's one that beats the shit of his boyfriend right there's not like they're <laughs> back, not all heroes back to drag queens it's like oh yeah we gotta like you gotta that. sit like you have to go see drag shows because Dude, they just I love Trixie and uh, Kata, Kata, I was just Katia, I was Katia, just yeah. at Trixie's house two weeks ago. Holy fuck, that show! I was hanging out with her. I watch it. Uh, I got like three on my DVR right now, but I, I watch it all the time. It's fucking Dude, amazing. Ben. Uh, okay, so Katya, who I these are friends. Yeah. I love Katya. So her and I kept having to do these things called Aspen Gay Ski Week together, oh. and so <laughs> it's like a whole week you're in Aspen, and it was last time it was me, Alaska, Ginger, Katya, and Shangela. And um, every night, Katya and I would go. Yeah, they had yeah. this big, like, heated pool. So Katya and I put on our robes. We were done, done with the day work. And run out and go sit in the pool and smoke cigarettes and talk. Just the smartest, most wonderful human being. And Trixie is so fucking funny. I mean, like, they so are hilarious. fucking they funny. They are fucking hilarious. They're just so good. The They're random so good. Lindas just... <laughs> oh, honey, honey, You know, honey. you know what's funny? Uh, I, I got into uh, drag queen shows and shit, uh, mostly because of RuPaul. I, I checked it out. It was good. It was, uh, well, RuPaul was good friends with Kirk Cobain. And, uh, and, and Lady Bunny. Bunny. You guys know I'm a big Nirvana fan, so... Yeah, Holy shit. They were tight. But, uh... I, it's it's a weird thing, man, because like the black community is like super homophobic and really, <laughs> never heard and, that. And drag queens are so what, like that shit's just just Rick James uh, with more makeup. <laughs> like like did like, you ever see um, Kennedy Davenport, the drag queen? She did Rick James on Snatch Game on, oh God, on RuPaul's no. Drag. Uh, Snatch Game is this thing on RuPaul's Drag Race where they all have to like they have to. Um, <laughs> dress up as a celebrity and like they play a game right so she did rick james was it rick james or james it was rick james which one's the rick james is like super gay right yeah. no yeah. no he was yeah. no am i thinking uh, of james rick brown james uh yeah little james. richard oh sorry. little richard little, little richard, richard. Okay. is super okay. gay so, yeah super okay, gay. not yes. to change the subject but little richard so he's playing <laughs> little piano. richard and all yeah. he's doing is putting on lipstick and then anytime <laughs> rupaul would ask him a question he would go <laughs> shut up i mean you've got to watch drag race I want to watch now from the passion for this. And, you know, I, I don't think I hit the point, but I started this by saying this is why I wanted different walks of life on the podcast because I feel like if you're a real partier and a real drinker, which is what a lot of the whole idea from Kilgallen's Pub is that you're going to, you need to hang out with more different, you need to drink with different people from different walks of life. If you're just drinking with people who are just like you, fucking boring, man. It catches up to you. It's so boring. It's same old shit. Like, oh, you want to get this? No, that's why I like hanging out and drinking with people. For, like, I wouldn't know shit about uh, watching uh, drag queens. I wouldn't know anything about it. I just, because oh, it's like, so like how you were talking about not being into sports be or not being into comedy earlier because there was no like gay iconic comedian for you to look up to. Or just no one speaking my language. No one speaking your language. Exactly. There's so, still no famous gay male comic. 
I got wow. Ant got close, right? I guess no one really. Name someone at Jerry Seinfeld's level who's gay. A man. Go ahead. If you can name one, I'd like to hear three. <laughs> at his level, Fuck. there's yes. nobody at his level. All right, George yeah. Carlin, Closest Richard level, Pryor, Ellen well, DeGeneres. technically Richard Pryor, Ellen DeGeneres, but that's a that's, that's a, a woman. There's Richard, there's Richard Pryor, Todd Pryor, Glass, Pryor, Glass, Richard Todd, Pryor is by. Do you consider Todd Glass a gay comedian? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I know you, he's gay, yeah. but like he doesn't talk about it though. Um, or has he been lately? D- doesn't change. And I like Todd. This isn't that, a knock. Yeah. No. I mean, for sure. Because he would he be the top then? Because I'm trying to think who'd be bigger. And you're probably right. Mario Mario Cantone. Yeah. But but not at that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I know you mean at the Seinfeld level. I don't think there's anyone there. You're right. Yeah. Straight stand up. No. And there's every in every other category: black women, black men. There's Middle Easterns. There's Asian women. Asian men. There's yeah. Russell Peters would be the Middle Eastern guy, right? Every single other thing is taken. But not there's a not there's gays. a few Russell, well it's there Russell for the taking Mateo and this is the podcast I'm trying to launch my you. <laughs> Bam. Here's one thing I want to talk about because Mateo does have to bounce like in a minute. Um, I'm trying to see where my friend Chuck is. Chuck, Maybe he's where you on at? his way. So when he calls, uh, I'll leave. Chuck. All right, cool. Well, hopefully Chuck uh, gets fucking lost. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I do want to mention this because you're talking about your mother. I read this earlier today. It was some bullshit meme as I was taking a shit uh, scanning that horrible <laughs> website that is Facebook. There was a meme saying, like, if parents discipline their, or basically they were saying if parents hit their children more, we wouldn't have the violence issues we have today, which we all, anyone with intelligence knows. I think that's knows, a that's pretty kind of drastic a, statement. Yeah, it me. is. Yeah, that's insane. And it just kind of like was trying to say, like, the people who should have schools weren't disciplined enough, which we don't even know the case of that at all. Yeah. A lot of them actually, I think, were kind of beaten by their parents or neglected big yeah, time. Yeah, I, I think. But that's... then it made me, and it was. Some of the comments, because I, I clicked on the general comments, not the comments of the person who posted it, but the comments where you're like, oh, I'm seeing the worst of humanity right now. And someone said, yeah, if, if the people on the south side of Chicago were disciplining their kids, maybe this, isn't it kind of notorious that black people hit their kids more than not? Like, I'm not saying like physical abuse, but spanking. I feel like this conversation took I have a, a 13, turn that I, I did not want it to take. Well, no, because this is, have, this is the shit you fucking bring up at a bar no, sometimes. No, gays I, have, I have AIDS. Did either, of you get, <laughs> did either of you get disciplined like physically as children? I did. You don't mind me every, asking? Every I, blue moon, I get like sma- spanked. I got like maybe a spanking or two, but yeah. my point is not, if, you're, if you're a good parent, you don't need to resort to that. It's, it's just, if you're a parent, you need to hit your kids. You fucked up so much along okay. the way. Let's say this. All right. 90% of people having kids should not be having kids. Yes, that's a big Start there. That's huge. You're very right there, Mateo. Right. But mom, I'm only asking next. I felt that was a. Sh- sh- my mom kicked the shit out of me. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm going to come to her defense, uh, because, and I don't believe in doing it. I have a 13 year old son. I'm By the way, it's impressive handle. that she kicked the shit out of you because you're 6'2 yeah, and you're 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My son right now is 13 years old. He's 6'3, 180 pounds. Six, yeah. God, yeah. I weigh 185. Uh, and, looks, and looks like uh, a lazy I was going to say I'm very tall for Italy. Yeah. When I go there, I feel real strong. Yeah. The mailman's kid. But my mom was, my parents split when I was like five. My mom was a single mom raising a couple giant boys who were like constantly trying her. We were constantly no, trying your her. Your mom had to assert and, herself yeah, as. Yeah, and like this little small one, I'll never forget the last time she ever laid her hands on me. I think I was in like eighth grade. I towered over her. I was probably 6'3 and uh, 220. I remember being 220 because I was heavier than my football coaches. And now <laughs> like six, they, seven, they, they were like, they were like, you're fucking bigger than you're a grown ass man. Anyway, uh, and uh, I did something, I was totally in the wrong. And my mom was going to give me a whooping. And she tried to give me a whooping. And I kind of like, I said, I'm going to tough it out. And I just kind of like looked at her like, you, you know, you can't do this anymore. I'm too big. I'm too strong. Mm-hmm. And she like, she had a belt. And she just dropped the <laughs> belt. She just dropped the belt, looked at me, took a step back, and lit me up. Like, like 
I have never been hit by a man as hard <laughs> as she hit me. And I've been Tell in a ton of fights. I've been in a shit ton of street your fights. Your mother needs and, uh, a reality show. I and feel uh, like. and she popped me, and uh, Waterworks came out, and I got my shit together, and <laughs> like never, ever, ever got like uh, we 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 still sparring on this. She's a she's a, she's a sparky old lady. But, I think uh, I was a well-behaved kid generally. <laughs> my aunt Cindy was the one where like you you not want to cross my aunt Cindy. I mean, my aunt Cindy's someone she will fuck you up. But my mom was way more, like, my aunt Cindy is a wonderful woman, but, like, she just was tougher. Like, you just got the vibe, like, no, don't get in trouble with Aunt Cindy. Yeah, I think yeah. I only brought this up because when I, when I came across it today, I remember thinking, like, first of all, that's such an st- ignorant, everyone always looks for this easy answer, and there, there's a generate there's a, a general population out there who just thinks, like, oh, if this is, like, when they say God isn't in school anymore, anymore and that's why... There's school shootings happening because we took God God's out of school. God's also not real, so. Well, yeah, I mean, well, that's the funny part about it is the people at the counter about it are like, why does God need an invitation? I thought he was this powerful fucking being. No. And, you know, people you know, who defend God, really, if he's so great and powerful, he's got some really terrible taxes He has to explain it to do, Lucy, because there's a lot of fucked up shit going on, man. Well, yeah, where, where you at, dog? Was God not in church when kids were getting raped? So, yeah. You know, like, what's going on? Like, it's such a, and I think with the whole hitting their kids thing, it's because, there are people who don't want to admit to the complexities of life and just want to be like, well, these kids don't get beat up enough. Yeah. I got beat up and look how well, I turned out. And they I, don't realize you actually turn out like shit, dude. Yeah, oh, a lot of people realize right that, now yeah. that your life sucks. Dude, dude, one of the things, one of the things I think, I mean, since we're going down this aisle, I think that needs to happen is we need to yeah, start letting boys cry, man. You, get, you got a one-year-old son, man. Let your son cry. I th- I'm glad you Let said that. Let your son cry. I'll, Let boys cry. I'll tell you it why. Is, I'm a, I was on that side because as a gay kid, I think, you know, I was early on aware of, like, the difference between masculine and feminine because I was, you know, gay kids are so sort of foot in both worlds. Yeah. And I think you get to a point where you start to realize this sort of, like, the idea of masculinity and how precious it is. I mean, it's really, men are very threatened by their masculinity. And because of it, they say to kids, don't be a girl, don't be a sissy, yeah. don't throw like a girl, blah, blah. They're not allowing um, young boys to feel like a human and have to have natural human Dude, feelings. One you know of the mean? most horrible moments uh, oh, I've had as a parent. Guys, I gotta go. You gotta go. Get you gotta here. go. This is how I'm ending. Hold on. Let me Chuck, are you outside? <laughs> All right, I'm Crossing. coming down now. I like Chuck's accent. Crossing bye. Belmont. I know. I love hearing. I'm sorry. It's just the most sensitive moment. I'm like, <laughs> bye. But, um, yeah, that know, sounds touching. But I go. love Chicago accents. Um, I love you. I'm I love so you too, Mateo. You. Are you coming to Lincoln I'm going to pause it. I'm doing the Life After 10, so I'm going to pop by your early show. Because you only do one show tonight, one right? One show tonight, one Eight. show tomorrow. All right, cool. It's so great to hang out with you. Pleasure. All right, we're back. Uh, sorry about that. I had to take a quick pause, mainly because I had to take a piss. <laughs> also, Mateo Lane had to take off. Uh, Mate- to, good dude. To, good dude. Great to be fair dude. to Mateo, because some people listening might be like, dude, this guy fucking just bolted out of nowhere on your podcast. No, Mateo, we started a little later. So... Yeah. And he got down here a little earlier, so that's totally... Marty DeRosa, by the way, is hanging out here right now. Marty, you want to say hi? Hey, uh, how's it going, everybody? I'm uh, Marty from uh, Paws. This is uh, <laughs> Everest and Andy. These are... Because we got, we got the cats out now that Mateo's not here because he's yeah. violently allergic. The dude, They've been free. Allergic to octopus, too. Man, that guy's got some weird allergies going on. I guess cat's pretty common. Anyhow, the Marty will be on a guest on this podcast soon enough, though. A lot of people might know Marty from uh, being an amazing Chicago comedian, and he's got a couple great podcasts himself. Yeah. So, though, um, so anyway, I'm, I'm sticking up for Mateo. He, he had all the right to take off early. Because, you know, I've, I've, I've heard people be like, on podcast, if someone leaves early, they kind of take that, like, like, fans would be like, why do you fucking leave? 
Yeah. And it's like, yep, got dude, life, people man. are fucking got busy. Things, He's man. only in town for the weekend. He's seen family and stuff like that. And we didn't start quite on time, so it kind of cut into our minutes there. Anyhow, though, so big thanks to Mateo Lane for hanging out. I'm going to wrap this up for you a little bit. And thanks, everyone, for checking it out. I'll, uh, I'll plug these guys when I give them my intro later on. XL, we were talking about, you know, I'm a dad of a one-year-old. Yeah. Right? So now we're getting... Good times, man. This is why I like about doing a podcast that revolves around uh, talking shit like you do in a bar, is you go from just talking about nonsense (laughs) to talking about some some deep stuff, man. That's that's the point. It always happens. And now this is podcast number two. Both of it has happened pretty naturally. You know what? I think that's why drugs work. Yes. (laughs) That's exactly why they work, man. (laughs) So you were talking about letting boys cry, and there's a a lot of problem with... uh, School shootings and and violence in general is that think, think they, they, about this, they call what do they call it? toxic masculinity? Yeah, this idea that you have to be a tough guy all the time and we suppress shit and then we fucking lose our minds. Think about you know? this, man. The first time most guys get to express any other emotion other than like rage or just joy is uh, your first girlfriend, right? And uh, that always goes bad. No, no one, no one's you know like there's like yeah, one man. one guy first ever. That, there's only, there's one guy who like married his first girlfriend. Like you no, know, like yeah, that always goes bad. Totally. And that first breakup, like you never had women because they're they're allowed to express a full range of emotions when they're kids. That's why they mature faster than us. They are allowed to be a full person. Uh, I mean, obviously, it sucks for women, and 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 there's other societal things that are fucking with them. But as far as emotional development. They have yeah, to. Yeah, can't get past the bleeding part. They, 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 yeah. they, they have to. But guys, like you're some, even even when you have that first breakup, like people give you like a small window of being sad or whatever, and your then you gotta tighten your that shit up. Your buddies cheer you up, but it doesn't last as long. Yeah, they, they, you know, go we out and get another girl and, and 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 all this shit, man. Here's what here's here's what I'm saying. Uh, I can't remember how old he was. I want to say he was like five. Uh, and I had been doing the normal traditional like don't cry, be tough, and all stuff with my son. And uh, and I would never let him cry over bullshit. Like you know, if he no cry over spelt milk, young man. Yeah, you know what I mean. And one time we were outside playing. He skins his knee. And uh, he skins his <laughs> such knee. Such an asshole. Sorry, dude. Talk about some deep shit. Talk about some deep shit. And then Marty DeRosa wanders over. Motherfucker. We, <laughs> I see what it is. We record this at Jonah Jerkins' uh, apartment, which is a cool spot. And Jonah was on the first podcast. For obvious reasons, I felt bad using his equipment and not having him as a guest. No, I love Jonah, and he was great on the podcast. But he's got a Bobby Flay cookbook, and Marty s- slides over to me with a Sharpie marker asking me to sign it because I look like Bobby Flay. Hardy, fucking har, har, har. Anyway, go back about your son being a little crybaby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was busting nah, it, you know, he, 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 skinned, he skinned his knee. He oh, started wow. to cry. What a fucking he looks little. at <laughs> me. He looks at me, and like my look of concern look like anger, like, don't cry. But then it was me like, oh, shit, you skinned your knee. And he saw it, and he, like, tightened up and, like, held back the tears. Oh, and okay. And I felt like shit because that was a moment that cry, man. You fucking just yeah, you hurt your yourself. All right. you're, fucking, you're fucking in pain, man. Like, like it's, he's five. I don't care if a five-year-old so real cries. Real quick, though, I thought you were going the opposite with this, nah, though. Because man. you know what they say, though, when a kid, I, I've seen this play out a lot, actually. When a little kid falls, they'll, there's a delay. Yeah. And then they start to freak out and cry. They and look for lot, your reaction. A lot like, of times <laughs> it's because the parents are like, holy shit, are you all right? Are you all right? Because yeah. the parent goes, fuck, dude, did you just bang your head? Oh, my God, I'm a bad parent. Nah, and man. that reaction is what makes the kid cry because they weren't going to cry. I could tell he was in pain. He went down Okay, hard, that's totally different. And, then, yeah. he, like, and he was crying. And then he like locked up and like held it back. And I felt 
horrible. I was like, nah, man, you're in pain. You should be wailing right now. <laughs> like, like, no, cry. And and, and you, from uh, that point, I never did it again. Like, if, hey, man, if you need to cry, cry about it, man. That, that's a, no, that's a, that's a responsible adult thing. Um, <laughs> no, it is. Like, there, are, there, there's just so much shit though. Where that's why I feel very fortunate that I, I. Ex- I th- I, I'm telling you, people out there listening, you gotta expand. You gotta try. Hey, by out. the way, this sucks. Is this, it bad? This, this is he goes it's off. A little he goes, diet. It's, it's, it's some. It's some. It's some skinny. Right, man. It's called. It's truly, some skinny guy workout shit. It's fucking Jonah, though, man. The kids. He's. A, he. You gotta give Jonah credit. He is consistent in how he is. He. I, that's what yeah. I love about Jonah. This I love is, people who are always themselves, and that's him. Yeah, the, it's I, a drink called Truly, and he brought them to a. a a community uh, show meeting, you know, the show we produce, you know, <laughs> me and him are producers of a show together. And he brought them and he was just like, he's moving them. And not only that, I go, truly, he goes, yes, they're truly amazing. I remember being like, fuck you, don't ever do that again. Is he like on some multi level marketing? Was thing? Like, I like, thought he was like, is he slinging them? I'm like, dude, you own stock in this company because the way he was going on and on about it, it's, you're right, it's some diet I work out but like to drink. It's, it's 5% alcohol. Yeah. It's a fruity Michelob Ultra, essentially. Yeah. You know, and um, I, I don't know. I cracked. But my girl's book club would love. This. I had one of them when I was already kind of buzzed, so it, it tasted okay. But you look like you have some weird, like uh, tangerine nah, flavor. I, I, shit. I'm gonna have to have some of that whiskey to wash the taste of this. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking about taking a bottle and just pouring some you in here. You could take a pull from the Patty's Irish whiskey, my friend. I'm, gonna, St. I think I'm just gonna pour soon. some of that whiskey in here. It might help you. If you yeah, really want yeah, to, I don't. Yeah, I do I'm not, not mind that kidding. at all, XL. I'm not even kidding. And by the way, when I love when I first met you, I'm like, his name is Xavier Lamont, so his initials are XL. And you are six foot seven, three hundred fifty pounds. It's yeah. just a cool nickname. I'm a monster to be called XL. So no, I was gonna <laughs> say though is uh, you know I encourage people to hang out with people from different walks of life because that's how you do learn and grow and become a better person and shit. Because when Dude. you're again like, and I'm not saying don't don't Joe. fucking hang out with your boys, hang Joe. out with the people you grew up with too. You can keep grew, both worlds. Joe, po- I grew you know? up. I grew up black Muslim. Like I didn't know you were Muslim. Like uh, that changed everything. I can't believe I haven't had you on this I, podcast. I, I, I'm not now. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not now. I converted yeah. uh, uh, thirteen years ago. I got you. Fourteen years ago. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, point is, uh, I did not. I went to a school that was uh, probably 70 percent white. Uh, I played sports with white kids. I knew them. I was friendly with them at school, but like I didn't go hang out and sleep over. And and you know, I didn't. Yeah. I hung out strictly with black people. But my first experience with white people was when I went away to college to play ball. And even when my first went away to Louisville, uh, I hung out with just black teammates and, and black players, a basketball team, football team. That was it. When I went to St. Joe, when I transferred to St. Joe, then it was a lot, a lot more diverse. It was uh, there was fewer black people. <laughs> so, yeah. So that made it uh, you had to. And uh, some of my best friends to this day, I, got, I graduated uh, in 2000. Some of my best friends 18 years later are, are, white, are dudes? White, white dudes that uh, I would have never have hung out with before. I was kind of forced into that scenario because that's where I wanted to play ball. You know, I like when I say, uh, you know, broaden your horizons, hang out more people and all that kind of stuff or hang out different people. More importantly, that's not a knock on the dudes I grew up with. I love the guys I grew up with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, most of them, you know, there's a few of them where I'm just like, oh, my man, no, you could be, you, you be you, better, be better. You stay you know? in that same zone. You, 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 it's a circle. You get the same yeah, ideas. Right. Everybody, I, I'll give you an example. There's times I hear black people say stuff like, uh, like, like, oh, they're only doing that because this. And I'm like, actually, because I hang out with multiple, like, in different areas. I, I hang out with people who have a lot of money in nice areas and stuff like that. And I know, like, no, actually, that is the normal thing. Like, yeah. you just, you're just not exposed to it. 
as much because well, this Bill, isn't your Bill thing. Bill Burr has that joke where he talks about how you have to hang out. And I think his joke says, like, like white people, we didn't get the whole lotion thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, only that's, there's a reason why when we're 40, our whole body looks 40, but our dick still looks 18. Because <laughs> you're only putting lotion there. Yeah. Where he joked about how, like, black people, like, dip themselves in a the whole thing of lotion and their skin doesn't crack. The whole black don't crack thing. And then he talked about, and then, and then black people, too. You guys start hanging out with some white people because you guys missed that whole register your gun seminar. <laughs> <laughs> Or in the video, he talks about white people being itchy, and like it's a white guy going, "Get what? You don't register that shit? Get it out of the fucking car! You're out of your fucking mind! That's five years minimum!" And like the whole time, he's having the white guy yelling at his black friends. The white guy's like fucking itching himself because he didn't put lotion on that day. That's like I think that's off. Of, that might be off of Let It Go. I can't remember what special it's off of, but it's amazing. Uh, why amazing. do I do this? Yeah, he's fantastic. Favorite so, comedian I've seen live. Uh, mine too. And the bummer with that is no bummer, but. I've gotten compared to him a few times. I've had people like after a I show. I can see that. I, people- I, 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 I can see. I can see when you because you go because you do the rant thing, uh, and for a point of reference, people will do that. I don't think you. I don't think your material sounds like him. Yeah. I yeah. Think thank you. Your delivery of like the way you say it, kind of. Not, not well, even you know sounds it, like him. It's just it's 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 similar. a similar pattern. Yeah. Sure, I get that completely. And he's a great comedian. And I would I'd be lying if I didn't have some influence from him. You know, I'd totally be lying because I'm a big fan. The thing with him, though, and I've had people after shows be like, you were great. You know, you remind me of, and they'll say his name. I don't want, I think as comedians or, or anyone who's in any kind of entertainment field, you don't want people thinking, oh, you're just watching that guy and, yeah. and changing it a little bit. You know, I'm not, it's not the case at all. Because I did kind of stop listening to him for a little bit because you're, it was, I think it was not his first two, but like in his third um, special or maybe on his podcast, he started talking about his dad and his family dynamic. And I'm like, that sounds just like my family. Like his dad, like he does that F is for family on Netflix cartoon yeah. show. My dad's like that kind of old school tough dad, yeah. you know, where it's like, the phone, no one, who the fuck's calling at dinner? Like, getting, <laughs> like literally getting mad and looking out the window going, where the fuck is this mailman? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like that old school. I love Like, I like joke that. about. I love, I love drinking with dudes like that. Yeah, I know. They're the yeah. best. Oh, they're they're the that's what I mean. You got to keep, you got to yeah. fucking broaden it up a little Dude, bit. Old white, old white dudes love me in bars. Go to a bar. I, I'm going to go over, over here with you guys for a minute. The bar. Yeah, the bar next door. We're gonna go, go, yeah. If there's an older white dude in there, he's going to come over and probably buy me a drink. They love me. It's the weirdest fucking thing. You know, because you're I'm a like large the, black guy. <laughs> I'm the black friend they never had. No, that's true. Um, I <laughs> or the guy to, they knew in the army. Like, you remind me of some, you know. I was so mad I didn't do this joke first. Every comedian has a joke they didn't do first. Uh, Andrew Santino is a friend of mine. I was opening for him over the summer. Oh, yeah, I love him. And yeah, he's great. He's got a Showtime special. Really funny guy. Look him up, guys. Andrew, I'll have him next time he's in town I'll, or if I'm in LA. He, I'll he, have was, him on the he was on a show that was a fucking amazing concept. And, uh, Mixology? Yes. Where it was like a different it, every in, episode in was like the a bar different the same, thing. Yeah, but yeah, it was. The execution wasn't great, but yeah, even yeah. he will admit that. I too. thought, it, but I thought it was funny. I enjoy, I really enjoyed it. Not not kidding. I loved and I loved the casting. Everybody in it was like no, it was a good casting. They, they there were was some some cute exactly who they should have been. Yeah, I was into that show. I mean, I I didn't hate it, but I remember it only did like twelve episodes and then it canceled it. But yeah. it was it was one of those things where you watch and you're like this show's missing just a little bit. Anyway, though, he's got a joke about how um, black people love him because he's a redhead. And black people love white people who have kind of like a little disadvantage. <laughs> you know? and, I, and I always had that thought because I always got, I didn't even know, I, I don't think I'm really one of those dudes that is just not that aware. I think I'm, I'm very observant, but I'm not that aware. Like I had a girl, I did a show at, um, you've done the show, the House of Blues show. Have you done that show before? No, I've never done never that, done but that I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I did that and... It was like the third time I've gotten this comp this before. I've gotten that people have said this before. The girl was like, You got swagger. I like that. Or like something like, you know, I mean, she was just being funny yeah. after a show. It wasn't anything weird. And then I'm like, Yeah, I've been told I've got swagger a little bit. You but do. It's not, but it's not a choice. 
I'm not going up there going, I'm going to go through some fucking no, swagger. No, no, no. It's, it's, who, just it's who you what are. You, are, you, you know have, what I mean? you have, you have a stage presence that, like, if somebody pulled a fire alarm and you were like, everybody, this way, go. Like, the whole fucking room is going to get up and go that way. Because well, you just sound like you're doing. Like, you know what I mean? Don't fuck with fire. It's probably going <laughs> to end up in a closet. Like, the room, yeah. exactly. Well, like, trap us exactly behind the fire. But, yeah, like, I might fuck you up like, in that end. But no, what but, I mean by that is, like, uh, I have a lot of black friends. Yeah, I mean, not a lot, but I got a good amount. I've always, I've always gotten always along have. with black people very well. And it made me think, I, I have a story about the first time I met black people and how it was like a funny, more talks about the integration of Chicago thing where here I am, this kid who grew up in this big city my whole life, but I meet black people so I was like 10. And when it happened, it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, this is great. This, there's so much fun. <laughs> who do, well, we, they should be everywhere. Why are they just in this neighborhood, you know? Yeah. Um, essentially. And that, what I love about Santino's joke about that is when he did it, there were black people in the crowd. They were like, fuck yeah, they're all laughing because they find that to be true. And I don't know what it is with like old white guys. I've seen this at bars, by the way. I've been to places where I remember you did a show at the Whip Theater in Edison Park, neighborhood of Chicago, which for those of you listening around the country, the Edison Park, neighborhood of Chicago is 159% white. <laughs> it is so white. It's insane. There might be one it's, Hispanic it's, it's, family. It's so white that when I stand in front of Whip, people stop and talk to me. Yeah, because no, honestly, you could go into any white neighborhood, any like local bar in a white neighborhood, and just say, "Oh, I played for the Bears from '98 to 2003." One of the first jokes special that I, teams, everyone will believe you. Or one whatever, of the first you know? jokes that I did that got me like a little love was uh, people saying people think I play for the Bears, and white guys not believing me when I tell them no. I'm not kidding. Old white guys, when I they first first question, you play for the Bears? No. Yeah, you do. <laughs> like, and then I got to convince them that I don't. I wouldn't say and, the Bears because uh, you're in Chicago, but I would definitely be like, oh, yeah. I played for the Browns for two seasons, the Bills. And nah, I, I you know why name. I don't do that? I, uh, uh, one, because I think I have enough charm to do it without that. But, well, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, well, if you were no, something being obnoxious, I, 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 give you, with I, I give you an example. I give you an example, man. I met this beautiful girl one time. I was out with some buddies. Uh, they all happen to be Jewish. Uh, I converted to Judaism. They all happen to be you're Jewish. You're Jewish? Yeah. I talk Come on, man! Shit, I, I do, all the I time, man. That. I talk, I talk about that on stage, man. You pay attention, but it doesn't matter. I, I, I've uh, I don't never talk about heard you much. do that, and I've I don't heard talk, you. I don't talk about it much. Talk I about your son. You wanted to, your, you wanted your son to be a super athlete because your, your yeah. his mother's a super athlete, yeah. and you were a great athlete. Yeah. But he's just a nerd. Yeah. He, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's a super athletic nerd. He, yeah, he's a really oh, smart athletic. He just, he just doesn't. He gives no fuck about sports. All right, cool. So I'm referencing this because I do pay attention to stage. I just never heard that I'm Jewish. Yeah, yeah. The real. Fuck, story, man. The, the real story is when I went away it's to college, I went to, Catholic, I went to a Catholic school, St. Joseph's, yeah. and I learned about Judaism. And Judaism and Islam are very, very similar. They have a lot of things in common. Uh, and Why don't uh, they get along it, then? It's weird, man. It's, they it's, hate it's, each other. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's almost like a sibling thing like because it's too close. Because uh, And when I saw that, Judaism is like just, I hate to put it like, say, relaxed, like as if they're like not as a serious religion. But like... I was not being a good Muslim. I was a horrible Muslim. I was drinking. I was banging white chicks. I was like, I was doing like everything. Like I couldn't show up at Mosque Miriam on, on 73rd Street with all the shit I was doing in college. I was I was being a hedonist, man. I was yeah, going man. nuts. People and, forget uh, they're not allowed to drink. Yeah, uh, dude. I I would be on Ramadan fasting and still like banging chicks and, and drinking beers. Fasting during the day uh, and drinking beers and, and banging chicks at night. Like, it, it 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 was bad. And I felt, How do you have sex when you're fasting? Felt, man? Where's the energy coming from? Dude, you know it's crazy because I was on the team. It did. A, it was a weird thing. Uh, by the end of the fast, but it was uh, Ramadan for Black Muslims in America is uh, in December every year. 
and uh, it doesn't move like the Muslim calendar. Uh, like the anyway, it's long. I'm not gonna get into that. Anyway, my point I'm is, bored it would, already. It would, no, I'm kidding. It would be in December during the like right at the beginning of the basketball season. Uh, so tons of practices, tons of games and shit, uh, holiday tournaments. And uh, by the end of December every year, I would be better uh, because something about the fasting, so I'd lose weight or whatever, and I'd be quicker. I'd jump a little higher. And, like, literally after, like, the first time Maybe I Maybe it makes your muscles coach, work differently or my, something. My coach you know? freaked out when I first told him I had to do it. Uh, at the end of the first one, he was like, I don't, you should do this shit every month. <laughs> like, like do you just can't, do you have to just do it December? Do it all the time. It, you're, you're better. So yeah. whatever it is. But, uh, but anyway, uh, learn about Judaism and uh, convert it. And it, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't matter. My point is, telling stories, hanging out with them. These guys, they look like they were my agents. I, I was I was still very much. This was right after I got done playing pro ball, so I was still in shape, walking around in a suit in a very swing. Where Soho House is now, before Soho House was there, okay. it was another place, and uh, and uh, so we we're in a swank place, and this very attractive girl is all about me, and she believes I play ball, and I'm telling her I don't play ball, and then she's like, she's looking who I'm with, like they look like they're sports agents or something. She's like, you're fucking. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm a broker, blah blah blah. I walk away to go get her drinks. One of my buddies thinks he's uh, wingman in me, and he comes over, and he leans over, he goes, guy just signed a huge contract with the Bulls. We're out celebrating. <laughs> party with us. He thinks he's helping me. I come back with the cocktails, and she's literally like, get the fuck out of my face. Like, I was totally cool with the basketball thing. You didn't have to lie. And she, really? walks away, and she walks away, and I, didn't, I had no idea what happened until I went back and sat with my buddies. I was like, I have no idea. Your buddy didn't get laid off of that? And, uh, he he told me what he did, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I just spent 15 minutes trying to convince her that I wasn't an athlete." No, I mean you can't you can't blame him for taking that swing though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Regard, he was right? he thought he was wingman to me, but like I just like stuff like that. You get caught up in lies, man. I don't. Like, no, but I get what you're saying. I think like the way black dudes, like redheaded guys, old white guys, like black dudes for some reason, where they're like maybe they're trying like the black friend they never had or whatever. I performed at Anthony Rizzo uh, All Star First Baseman Chicago Cubs yeah. charity event. Yeah, saw that. And Sean Marion was there. And he, at one point, I remember looking across uh, the room, and I'm like, he's got all these older white dudes. I mean, they weren't that old, like, 40s and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surrounding him. They're either his agents and stuff, like people would assume, or they're, like, these fanboys who are just yeah. like, hey, man, like, you know, I'm Dude. making up for my dad being an asshole to uh, our one neighbor in the 50s. You know, <laughs> I don't know, like, what it is. Dude, but. I... Uh New material that I'm working on for this comedy thing. I'm trying to this comedy special. I'm trying to do plug the special real quick. Uh, it's I'll called Gorilla. To. It's it's called Gorilla. Okay. And uh, cool for name the, for the exact reason that uh, the 400 pound gorilla, like you know, oh, you're 350. Like, yeah, excellent. 350, I won't so. hear you add those 50 pounds. To yourself. But uh, but I'm probably lying about 350. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, but one of the things I like I discovered, man, is I kind of understand racism better than I used to, because I never used to get it. I because I was always I just think like. Man, white people have all the power. Why the fuck do you care about what we do? Why do you like? I'm talking about the ones that are really hateful. I'm not talking about like. Yeah. I'm talking about the ones that are on the far right, the crazy Nazi. Like, like you have every advantage. Or why the fuck do you care about us? Right. And it just dawned on me. It's because they have every advantage, uh, and they want to keep it that way. Sure. Yeah. There's some people who are like, like yeah, that. like like if as a, I as think a, most white people, just like the way I think most men, not to cut you off there, are. Just going through life, I don't think it's as yeah. It's, I don't think it's as planned out. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's not a giant conspiracy some thing. Some of it's like pushed I down from generations. Son, I, though, I right? want my son. No, you're oh, good. There we go. I think it was the headphone. Oh uh, my! Uh, I can hear you. My son, I want my son to have as Real much quick, advantage uh, as possible. Fucking Marty comes back with another Bobby Flay book. By the way, the other <laughs> one's a library book, so I am going to sign the cover of it. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> so fucking Lisa, uh, Jonah stole it from the Rockland, Rock Island. Oh, Public that's never Library. going back. Rock so I'm Island. Definitely is signing the How many one. fucking Bobby Flay books does he have? Really? Why would you have me do the Guy Fieri? What the? <laughs> oh yeah, that's I was talking to <laughs> Guy Fieri. Are those guys high back in the other room? I'm sorry. I go ahead. Though so. you were saying that was a, as, uh, a, as a black man. Sorry. Uh, no, no. Like I, I want. Like, like here's the thing. If I could, if if you told oh, me, oh, it's not planned. That's what we're talking about. I'm yeah, sorry. it's, it's not, it's not, it's not planned. Everybody's looking out for themselves and looking sure, at. Yeah. And if you, if you are on the far right, uh, or uh, if you're a person who believes in white supremacy, and you're on the far right, the only disagreement that I have with what you that uh, with their agenda is that uh, putting us down. Uh, that's not really what they care about. They care about that they're in a position and they want to keep that position. And yeah. the more equality you give, the harder it is for their generations. To, they have to compete. It's you, have, for, you, have, yeah. you have to compete equally. If you have to compete equally, it's a, it's a disadvantage to white people. That's not a negative. That's, that, well, that's a normal how they've controlled the masses human, forever. This goes yeah. back thousands that's of years. A, that's a normal human reaction, man. That, that's not evil. The evil comes in when you actually proactively uh, go after you know, shutting agree, people. Yeah. Pe- because to, you could to, think, like, you know, I'm Irish. I think Irish people are the best. Yeah. But yeah. I don't, that doesn't mean I think black I people should have less rights or Italian people should have less rights <laughs> or Polish, well, Polish. Here's but the, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean, some people think if you give more rights to a certain group, for some reason they're losing rights. That's not the case that's at not, all. It's not, it's, that's, it's, it's not, but and, that's how people, that's how people see it. And the biggest problem we have is that everyone is like a, Black or white, not color-wise, but like as far yeah. as issues go, they think there's a, a, a right, right or, or wrong. wrong. And yeah. that's not really, everything's great, everything's in the middle. Yeah, there's all, there's I, tons. But, but like, here's the, th- here, here, here's the thing. Um, if you open up, if you open up, there's part of the racist agenda that's right. If you make everything equal, blacks and Latinos are going to dominate for a while. Not forever, for a while. It's going to be just like sports. Black guys aren't better at sports, aren't better athletes. We're not. You know why black guys are better at sports? Because we come from shitty neighborhoods, and playing sports really well gets us the fuck out of that neighborhood. Every athlete that you know of, that you love, with, the, with the, like a small handful, like Kobe, whose dad, Kobe and like Grant Or Hill, Steph Curry, whose dad, who, whose yeah. dad were, was a pro. Everybody else, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, everybody else came from poor-ass fucking families, poor-ass conditions, and playing basketball uh, at a high level, it's a lot of artists. Something, artists in general, yeah, with something from, that you know, helped you know playing football. People, you know, you get fucking concussions, you kill yourself. But playing football takes an entire family, an entire generation out of a shitty neighborhood, man. Uh, and so I like you care about it more. Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't dirt poor. Like I had options. I, I could have went to school just for academics without without having to play sports. But I love nice. I love pl- I love playing sports. And my my mom made really good money. My dad was a professor. He made decent money. But uh, but I I loved it. And I grew up playing with dudes who needed it. Everybody else I played with, like I didn't need it. But most of the dudes I played with, they needed it. That's it meant something to them. That is very interesting about so, the whole idea that. So you're saying like, if like, if, if, if things were truly equal. At first, black and Hispanic people will rise yeah, so much it, just because it, it, I think they'll hungrier. rise a lot because, it, well, you're also taking people from nothing to something, let, let, let and then that something will, you know, It's not quicker. like this now because fucking kids are spoiled riding and they get everything at the same time. But me and you are close enough in age that we remember the time when the one kid on the block got that video game, like, way before everybody else, and you wanted yeah, to Yeah, I remember it. that. I thought about that, but video games are cheap now compared to what <laughs> yeah, they were. But, but think about, but, here's you know, what I mean by yeah. this. Think about this. 
if you got over there to play that game that you really wanted to play and you didn't have it at home, you never wanted to get off that fucking game because that was the only chance you were going to get to play it. Oh, totally. That kid, he had you, it all you, the time. You, I, everyone had that one friend they used just because they had video games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, Not and, everybody, but you and know. So, and so that's where black people and Hispanic people are in America right now. We're watching white people with the Xbox One having fun. And so when you, if you give me anything that's going to give me a sh- even a fucking chance to get on the sticks... I'm gonna fucking play my ass off, man. I'm gonna do if I if I make it, I make it. If I don't, I don't. But I'm gonna do everything I fucking can because the opportunity doesn't come to me. I don't I don't have the fucking yeah. controller. So I hear you uh, on that. I never understood, but it'll balance about, out. It'll balance out eventually because people are people. We're all we're all the same. We're yeah, all when you think about the same. I tell people most of the people I know who are around people of other walks of life become they're not racist because there's no reason to be because they yeah. realize oh yeah we're You're all, we're all like, full like, of shit at the end of dude, the day jeff foxworthy uh you might be a redneck everything almost i like literally almost everything that he says in those jokes you could say you might be ghetto or ratchet and it all oh fits. yeah you could it all fits like that's one of the reasons why that the joke similarities was, between people are always hilarious yeah. to me. like black and italian mom and them mom and them i say mom and them you know yeah. that, that was one of his big ones from well from the that. south the whole racism in the south is generational because it's yeah. like but people forget is all right. So slavery ended in 1865. Those people who owned slaves who then had to give them up. You think they were happy about it? No, they weren't. <laughs> and so then when they had kids or when their kids well, were coming of age, they were like, "Watch out for I, these fucking guys. They're going to eventually come back after us. How could they not?" I literally, you just know, went, and all this, and then that just kept going down I, and down and down. And I literally just went to war with some guys on Snoop Dogg's page on, on Instagram about this. What people don't know is, yes, slavery ended in 1865. However, because uh, the Southern states still had some political strength. All of the things that the government said that they were going to do for the freed slaves really never happened. Like 40 acres of mule. Everybody knows 40 acres of mule. If you don't know 40 acres of mule, uh, freed slaves were supposed to get 40 acres of mule, which would have gave them like a, a chance to start off. Yeah. Uh, as, it was to try as, to like, like level like the playing field. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, you just it, free a slave. It's like, all right, well, I wasn't getting paid. I don't have a savings account. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what yeah, do you yeah. want me to do now? Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And uh, it, it, I think it lasted for like a month before some southern you know, political they, – they found ways to block or whatever to – to shut it down. And so it created this thing called sharecropping where uh, freed slaves ended up renting land from their former slave owners and paying them. And it basically was indentured servitude. Yeah, it was, totally. It was. It was, it was slavery slightly modified. Yeah. And that went on into like, well into like the 40s and the Industrial Revolution of World War II where black people ended up getting jobs in factories and shit because they had to because all the white guys were all fighting the war. Uh, and so they had opportunity, black women, a lot of black women and some black men got opportunities. And that's when like the great migration from the South happened and black yeah. people came to Chicago, Detroit. And uh, I don't know why the fuck I'm talking about all this, no, but, no, it's, it's interesting but, history. but it's, uh, but that's where, that's where things started to change. And there was a, there started to be a growth in the civil rights movement happening and all that stuff. Uh, but like prior, like when people say slavery ended 150 years ago, yeah, that's true. That actual act of slavery as we understood it at that time ceased uh in yeah. 1865 but a lot of the ramifications here's something that chicago's intricate part of that people don't know about there used to be this thing called redlining that didn't stop until like 1977 uh where, even up to 81 i think yeah it's basically yeah. it's a real estate thing yeah where yeah. they would basically keep black people uh or anybody who just wasn't lily white out of huge swaths of Chicago, and they, that's one of the reasons why Chicago is so segregated. Well, like I just read this, and we got to wrap up in a second. Yeah. I'm going to cut you off, but this will just add to that point uh, very quickly. Uh, I, I saw an interview on was it Channel 11, which is PBS. Yeah. Uh, they have a show called Chicago Tonight. I can't remember who they were interviewing, but they talked about how Chicago is the only major city 
uh, since the last census or from the last census that lost population. Every other major city in America has added population. We're the only one that's lost population. And I, this was surprising to me because I would have guessed the other way. The demographic that has moved out, middle-class cl middle black people. Yeah. Middle-class black people are leaving the city, which does make sense because forever, because of the redlining that happened throughout, and even after the GI Bill, which was what created the middle class essentially in America. Whenever you hear people say, well, my ancestors came here from here. Yeah, those ancestors were dirt poor until they went to serve for war. They survived, which is great. They paid, they, they, they deserve all. If you fight for yeah. war, your country owes you a fucking lot. So I'm not taking yeah, anything away from these 100%. people at all. My family benefited from the GI Bill. So did most. Uh, so I'm not knocking that at all. But when people say, well, well how come my family did this and not them? Black people didn't benefit from the GI Bill the same yeah. way white soldiers did because of that real estate thing. You can only buy it in this shit neighborhood and the property taxes from your shit home is going to feed your shit school. And it's that endless cycle of and, property taxes in school and nothing rises and in value. And not just that. They, they, there were predatory lending things that happened that wound up basically black people never ended up owning those homes. Never like, did, yes. That's, that's yes, why there's right. huge swaths of Chicago on the south side where uh, there's vacancies or places that look, you could tell, like, and man, 40 years ago, that was probably a fucking beautiful-ass building, and it's like shit Generational wealth because, didn't exist the way it Yeah, because it, there was yes. no transfer of it. Like, yeah, because you, when you I, die, oh, someone buys, like, uh, <laughs> I, I know people who, oh, my grandma just died, and, um, yeah, I got a friend, his, his, his dad died, so he inherited this apartment building. Yeah. You know what like, I mean? Like that's an advantage. I, yeah, that, I, I, know, own, I own I own my I own my townhome outright. I don't have a mortgage. I own my townhome outright. If I God forbid, if I crash and get killed in a car accident, your son gets that. My son has a couple hundred grand to start life with before insurance and anything with his mom and the rest of my family do anything to take care of him. Like that's great. That 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 uh, uh, and that's not his only insurance, but I'm just saying the first generation of my family that was able to do that was my grandfather did it for my mom and her siblings, and my mom was able to do it. And you talked about growing up You talked about where you had some options growing up. Yeah. Which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Um, and and hopefully, that's what, you know, hopefully more and more of not like just Like, my great-grandfather was a sharecropper. And, yeah, that's, so. what's, that's, that's my only point when I talk to some people. You know, I do have some friends where I'm like, dude, you're just a racist fuck, dude. You are. <laughs> and you can't get around. And it's always funny to me. Like, there, there was, like, the most racist person. And then, but like, the whiskey did help, dude. The, the, the whiskey, whiskey helped a fucking, fucking ton. Drink. Yeah, I'm drinking it. You see, I'm drinking this whiskey. See, I got to get you on. I, I, you know, a lot of bar, my favorite bar conversation is sports arguments. And I know me and you actually have had a few fun ones. Yeah. We, we actually agree on a lot, though. I know me and you are on the same yeah. side of the Jordan-LeBron debate. So I'm gonna have to get you back on, but um, XL, thank you so much for doing hey man, the podcast. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, this was a fun one. Thanks for uh, Mateo Lane for coming out. Uh, we did a lot of rambling, but that's some good bar talk. Uh, again, you know, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, follow us on follow myself on Twitter at Joe Kilgallen. I've already decided I'm not making a Twitter account for the fucking podcast. Just follow me. <laughs> you can follow yeah, yeah. XL at Xavier Lamont. Uh, XL Comedy. XL. At, at, at XL Comedy. At XL Comedy. It doesn't get easier than that. And I will be pumped. I'll make sure I tweet out when your album comes on, everything like that. Gorilla. You got a date for it? Uh, I do not yet. I'm actually negotiating that tomorrow night. To All right, where, beautiful, where we're going to do it. Well, so. we'll definitely uh, keep the listeners interested. And um, thanks for listening to Kill Gallon's Pub, everybody.